All right, peeps, welcome back to another brand new episode of Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. I'm here today with your co-host, Brian. <laughs> Hi, guys. What up? Hope everybody's having a good week and had a good Happy past Tuesday. seven days. Happy Tuesday to you all. What did we talk about last week? I forget. Oh, self-fulfilling prophecies. Self-fulfilling prophecies. Right. Hopefully people got a better understanding of that and... Maybe you had some positive self-fulfilling prophecies that occurred in your life this week. You never know. I haven't checked the stats on this on that episode yet. Uh, probably should have done that today. But if you guys haven't listened to it, I highly suggest you listen to that because I took a little subpar of last week and I was thinking about, well, first off, sorry, let me backtrack a second. We're back in St. Louis. Um, Ripped it. 13 hour drive. We made pretty good time. We made too. good time this time. And uh, on my drive here i was listening to another podcast of somebody else's and it's funny because i posted something about that specific episode and podcast and when i did i got a a few messages from girls i think two of them live in arizona i want to say so they're going to know who they are and i thought okay i've talked about this before and i and i've touched this before but there's a spin on it and i kind of want also, Brian's perspective on it and his advice on it from a guy point of view a little bit. And I'll explain the topic now. So I kind of wanted to discuss based on what our some of our audience members asked is when you're having relationship issues. So in general, um, somebody wants to get married, but the other person doesn't or one person thinks that they've dated each other for long enough and they think it's time for the next step, but the other one's not ready or, you know, they have different viewpoints on life and it's like you don't really know if you want to stay with this person or leave if you still want to date this person or find somebody else but there's like that anxious feeling trying to move on right like nobody really wants to break up with anybody (laughs) go back and think about my personal experiences I can think of two very distinct times where I was just like absolutely done with the person but it wasn't necessarily because of that person it was because I was done you know, it wasn't that person could do nothing or change anything or they, what I'm trying to say is they couldn't do anything to make me stay. It's just that I was completely gone and I knew that this is not what I wanted. So it becomes a little tough scenario. And sometimes I don't have all of the empathy with people when they're like, I don't know what I want to do if I want to stay with him or not. Or That's Nina and me. Every, every morning I wake up with the mindset of. Oh, she's done. But, I got, <laughs> but today I will convince her why it's important she stay with me. <laughs> but um, so it's just relationships in general. And this is mainly geared towards people who are not married. Um, because I we both have experience in the dating world, right? And breaking up people and not and all this stuff. But as, a, as opposed to marriage and a divorce and all that shit we've only been married for like two years so i can't give any advice on that right now <laughs> ask me in like 10 years <laughs> but let's just start with and i'll and we'll do the female vert like a girl's perspective and a guy's and we're gonna take the notion of people who are very very emotional because everybody already knows brian's an extremely resilient guy when it comes to his emotions and nothing really bothers him i mean I could throw my ring in his face today and walk away, and I bet you he'd be out prancing around the very next day. He's not really going to care much. He's a very go with the flow, strong, emotional, emotionally strong person. But not all guys are like that. Me, on the other hand, for a girl, I might not show a lot, but there's a lot going on underneath. I just put like a good front for most people. And is very cerebral. 
in how she thinks about things, like analytic and logical yeah, about things. And so some, sometimes you're like, like I recognize it, but I think a lot of other people wouldn't recognize it. Yeah. Where if something's going on, I can tell your mind's like churning about potential outcomes or solutions or things like that. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there like that too, male and female well, especially in relationships. Girls and guys both do it, but from a girl's perspective, I'll be able to share some insights on those feelings of just like doom, you know, like, oh my gosh, like, what do I do now? But let's start with one scenario. All right, it's a girl and a guy. You guys are dating. The girl's ready to get married, but the guy is not. Okay. And let's just, what, a couple years, two, three years? They're in their late 20s, early 30s. My advice to that girl who really, really wants to get married or engaged and wants to like get on with her life with this guy, but this guy is not ready to, would be to bounce. What would you say? So wait, give me a little more context on this scenario. So this girl wants to get married. The guy's not ready to get married. Mm-hmm. Have they had a conversation about marriage? Have Has oh, yeah, she expressed knows. this yes. to him? Yes. Has she given him an ultimatum? No ultimatum, but but she's internally churning about it. But he knows. They've talked about it, and he said that he just he doesn't think that they're ready right now. So the way I look at these things, and this is how I look at a lot of things in life, is that if it's meant to be, it will happen. And if it's not meant to be, it won't. So say, for example, that this woman is getting fed up with it because she really wants to get married and the guy's dragging his feet. If she's at a tipping point and she doesn't want to stick around anymore um, and he is clearly not wanting to take the next step, what my recommendation would be is to bounce. And if you really love this person and it's really hard to do and you're meant to be together, Something will happen and you will come back together and you will eventually be together, right? Like this happened with you and me, right? So uh, like, no, 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 no. It did not happen with you and me. I was not looking for marriage at the time. No, no. Okay, we I take that back. We old. were not we, we were not looking at marriage, but what I what I meant to say is we had we got separated by like an entire country, right? And then like eventually the craziest things within the universe happened that brought us back together. Now I'm not saying we were thinking about marriage at the time when we dated initially. But maybe somebody in that situation that is, what my point is I'm making is that if this girl is saying, I'm fed up, I don't want to do it anymore, and that's what her intuition and heart's telling her, then I agree with you. I no, think but you, you should... have to see it from her perspective. She's in her late 20s, early 30s, and she's already invested three, four years with this guy. Who cares? Okay, and Doesn't now, matter. And now she's at a point where I can see it from her perspective. She doesn't want to start all over again and she also doesn't want to start dating being in her 30s again you, you just recommended she bounce so why Hold are you on like a changing it no, no 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 i'm explaining to you why it's difficult for her to make this decision okay it's easier for you and i to say she can she should bounce i'm telling you and explaining to you that from her perspective you're comparing this to the nina nina and brian story no no not at all i'm comparing it to how i look at everything and when we were 22 you had all the time in the world and so did i mm-hmm. i mean we had barely touched the world at that point and so from her point of view, though, it's like she wants kids. She wants to move on. She wants her next chapter of life to start. Whereas this guy who just took three years of her life and is not ready with what he wants to do is putting her in a position of where she has to choose of, I got to start over and date again for the next several years and take this chance of maybe not finding the person or like really literally leaving the guy that I love and forcing myself to go find somebody else and move on with somebody who'd be willing to commit to me at that level. So it's a risk either way. It's a risk either way. So she either continues to invest time with somebody that may not ever decide they want to move forward, right? And then all of a sudden she wastes more time or she decides to leave 
and has to go through the hurdle of having to find another person and to go through the dating scene again and find somebody else. Maybe she finds like a miraculous fit for herself. Maybe she goes through a year or two or doesn't and that person and her end up coming back together at some point. Maybe they were meant to be. Maybe they weren't. My point on it is, and I don't care what age you are, if you're at a point internally where you feel like you're not getting what you're asking for and you've made it abundantly clear that that's what you're asking for and the other reciprocating party is not wanting to move forward in that way, then it's time to cut ties and you need to realign your energy in a new direction. And if for some reason, cutting those ties, like like sometimes the cutting of the ties is what resets an energetic path for you to come back around and get it right the second time, right? Like sometimes that happens in people's lives. So I think it really is however the person, male or female, however the person is that is becoming fed up they, if they're starting to really feel that and there's some internal friction because one person is not wanting to take the next step, then they need to make an executive decision and, and bounce out for a while. Here's something else that I think can help that person. Um, and this scenario could work both ways. It could be the guy wanting to get married and the girl doesn't. Is that if when you're like struggling to leave this person or not now because they don't want to get married, I would just think of it this way. At the level that you're at and you feel like you could commit to this person for the rest of your life, if that person is not on the same level with you by now, I feel as though there's a disconnect there. And why would you want to be with somebody? Or why would you want to even entertain the thought of marriage with somebody who doesn't feel that way about you? For whatever reason, their parents are divorced or they have childhood trauma or issues or they have money problems. I don't care what the excuse is. But whatever that is, it's like, why would you want to entertain that? And I feel as though that should make it very easy for you to make that decision to leave and to not waste any more time of theirs or yours. Mm-hmm. Um, however, emotionally, this could be very tough to do, but I would suggest putting blinders on. And as a girl, just thinking, no, there's somebody out there who's waiting to ask me to marry. There's someone out there waiting to have this conversation with me. As the girl don't have to initiate this. And I'm like pulling at teeth with this guy. The longer you wait, the harder it becomes. So to. leave. Mm-hmm. So you don't hold any resentment later on in life. Just, just you know, chalk it up to a big learning lesson and bounce mm-hmm. is what I would say. And as for a guy, I think the same applies. I think holding on to that person or trying to get that girl to stay or, the, or trying to get her, to, like trying to lock her in, so to speak, will only, this is from a female perspective, will only make a girl run the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I've personally done that before. When I felt someone was trying to like lock me in, it was like, you want to just run away. Because nobody wants to be controlled in that manner. Especially when they're not even on the same page as you with the whole marriage situation. Um, here's another scenario. Uh, the guy wants to get married. And wants to buy a ring and do all these things. But he never really communicates it with the girl. So the engagement is a complete shock to her. And she leaves. Now what? What should he do? I think in that scenario, you would probably go and try to talk through things and figure out what the what the issue was because he's probably maybe from his perspective he didn't think it was going to be a big shock maybe he wanted to surprise the person altogether right and so this is a good topic though should guys surprise 
girls with an engagement ring or should it be a discussion before you do it? You surprised me. You never told me. Yeah. I think it just depends on the person. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer for that. It's two different energies that, you know, that are dynamic within each other and you should be able to understand the person that you're with. And if the person freaks out and ends up saying, <laughs> whoa, I wasn't expecting this and like leaves, then that means that's a serious conversation you got to have and figure out. And does that mean end it if that doesn't happen? No. I mean, I th- I, not necessarily. I think it could mean, oh, well, let's talk about this further. And maybe the girl just wasn't at a point where she felt comfortable with it yet, but maybe she really did care about that person. Alternatively, maybe that was like a red flag for her. And she's like, no, 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 this is not my thing. (laughs) And so it's a wake up call. And so she ends up bouncing and they end up going and then they end up finding other people that work out well for them. So that's a situation where I think like some... You know, guys can't handle that. That happens a lot. Some women really like to know if it's coming right like they have to have yeah. that conversation they like to rationalize all these different things and think about the future and what it would look like and this and that and some guys think like that too other guys i think are more kind of spur of the moment uh not spur of the moment because it was planned when it happened but like kind of like that element of surprise i guess um but i, I think that's a, it's kind of a there's no right or wrong or black or white answer there it's kind of i think it depends on the couple yeah it's kind of like a shade of gray in a sense but I totally can feel for the girls who are caught off guard and just want to say no. I, I can understand it from a female perspective. One, you feel like you've been cornered, you know? We watched a movie this past weekend called The Secret, Dare to Dream. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's on Amazon. I liked it. I don't care what anybody else says. I thought it was a really nice, feel-good movie. But in it, the one douche lord uh, proposes to this girl in front of like 100 people. And he did it on purpose so that she couldn't say no to him. Because- I think that's a, that's a challenging situation. I think if you're going to propose to somebody that you want to marry, if you do it in a fashion where it's in front of a bunch of people or like a sporting event on the kiss cam or like, you know, like you see that <laughs> stuff, like that's great. If that makes you happy and that's what you want to do, like I'm not hating on that at all. I just think if I'm, if I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of the, you know, male or female that's getting proposed to. No girls proposing to the guy, so. No, I'm talking about if you're a man and you're proposing to a man or a woman proposing to a woman as well. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. So if you're proposing to that other person, you should know that person and know what they, what they want, um, you know, but at the same time, I think doing it in a public setting like that puts the person that's getting proposed to in a very challenging situation because if they say no, then it's like not only humiliating to them, it's humiliating to the other person and potentially the people they know around them. And it just creates kind of a challenging situation. So You're lucky it was only the Sphinx and the tour guide on our situation. That's right. Could have been much more, but divinely it was inspired. Thank the Lord. Um, I think that when the girl doesn't want to get married and you propose to her and it's this huge lavish thing, it's just one of two things. She doesn't see herself with you in the long term or she simply just doesn't want to get married right now. And I could see how this could be a problem moving forward though in a relationship, unless you have a really cool, chill guy. But I could see how this might be an issue for the guy. Like why does he want to date her if she doesn't want to get married? He might be one of those. I think there's also sometimes external influences that affect how people decide on that. Like family members and their opinion of the person or friends, that you're with, or if you're friends. Really young, yeah, yeah. that's so true. There's a lot of different potential external circumstances that can influence it. I say, if she doesn't take the ring, let her go. <laughs> <laughs> that's just my opinion, though. Something I think is such a funny thing is the whole concept of uh, providing a ring when you 
propose to somebody, right? Like, it's almost in every... Well, do you know how it initially happened? No. So, long, long time ago, I forget the exact date, but I want to say it was like the early 1900s, uh, the De Beers Diamond Company, which is a, like the, one of the most massive diamond trade companies in the world, wanted to increase their product sales, right? Because they were uh, mining these diamonds and selling them around the world. And they were like, we need to create some type of marketing campaign so that we can convince people to purchase more of our products. So they invested a ton of money into this massive marketing campaign that basically set this perception from then moving forward that, you know, if uh, for like men proposing to women is how they structured their campaign. And it was like, if you're a man and you don't propose with a De Beers diamond, specifically with a diamond ring to the woman you want to marry, you are not a man. Like that's kind of like how they painted the picture. And so ever since then, and they just beat people over the head with it year after year after year, that it literally became so ingrained in our society that now it is expected that if you propose to somebody that you provide them with a diamond ring. But I thought they had rings in other cultures ages ago. They had gifts and things of that nature, but it wasn't like buy somebody an engagement ring that goes on their finger. It wasn't the same concept at all. It was a large De Beers marketing campaign that happened. Whatever. I love the tradition. I think they should just keep going. So nobody cares what you have to say on that topic. I'm not disagreeing with the tradition. (laughs) I'm just saying, isn't it funny how a company that wants to make more money creates the marketing campaign that becomes so ingrained in our society that now it's an expected norm. You sound like um, the Grinch who says Christmas is a Hallmark holiday. I'm not trying to say it's a bad thing. I'm saying, look how look how marketing can change society. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah. Totally. It's happening every day. Let's talk about another scenario. When you're in a relationship, but it's far from perfect. And when I say far from perfect, I mean that you spend more time and energy being annoyed with each other yelling and fighting and screaming he's going out with his friends all the time you're like stuck at home or going out with your friends all the time there's no really real substance substantive adult relationship Uh, i saw this a lot in like my mid to late 20s with people certain people where they just couldn't get away from like their friends and like the bars you know, like there are certain obligations and they just, they weren't ready to like, just let go and like create a life with somebody, so to speak, or even have that real relationship. And so the fights and the jealousy and the phone checking and all that stuff was always happening in that scenario. What do you think should be done? Whether like in regards to what, should you stay in the relationship? Yeah. Well, obviously if one, you mean, should you stay in the relationship if one person wants to get married and that's happening? No, it's not even about marriage at this point. It's just it's a very immature relationship. Oh, well, then no, I don't think that's... We all, that's we've all, not we all really know a, It's not really a relationship. It's more just like you're hanging out with somebody, right? I don't even, I don't even consider that a relationship. If you're, not, if you're not with each other most of the time and you're constantly hanging out with your own friends and you get annoyed with each other more, it's just, it's you know, that's not healthy. So I think you bounce. I was reading an article. There's a reason I brought up this, this specific... Uh, Example, right now in 2020, last two, three years since Tinder, Bumble, and Fairy and whatever the freaking apps out there are now, this is exactly what's happening right now, is that men and women don't even know where they stand in a relationship. Is this my boyfriend? Is this my girlfriend? Is this just a friend? Is this just a quote-unquote friend? You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to keep this PG over here. Um, There's no real dating involved anymore at this point 
And so when you hear kids on TikTok talking about like getting ghosted all the time or not knowing where they fall or like how many people they're hanging out with, this is why, because men and women, or I should say girls and boys, don't know how to communicate with each other and actually hold and sustain a real relationship. And my advice to those little youngins, if they're listening to this podcast, is that you guys grew up in an age where you didn't have to communicate. You use texting for everything. So you learn to have conversations through texting, not talking on a phone or meeting in person at the mall like we used to have to do, right? And get have to face certain questions or scenarios that you do in a relationship or when you like somebody, you have to face certain emotions. And I feel as though because by nature, men are a little bit more immature than girls. You have like people in high school and college where like the guys are just not facing like, oh, I'm actually going to take this girl on a date. I'm actually going to like, you know, we're boyfriend and girlfriend or we're on the next step or we're on the next stage of, of like our relationship. It's kind of just always limbo. Mm-hmm. Neither one ever really knows. So when like family members ask or older siblings ask, these kids don't understand why they're being asked these questions. There's like a disconnect there. I don't really know if it's the dating world that's changing or if it's just technology that's dumbing people down and like not. Well, that's definitely, ha- both are happening. I think the dating, the dating world is changing because technology is dumbing people down. Um, and it's, what's it's, to blame? And it, it's also, there's, I don't think there's really anything to blame. It's like a natural evolution of our society. Like technology is only going to become more ingrained in everything we do year after year after year. There's, it's not like it's just going to stop, right? And the astronomical acceleration of how technology is not only created but adopted is going to continue to increase. So I think it's just going to create these interesting new dynamics. But like, like let's look backwards for a sec. When our parents were in the age of getting married and starting to have kids, right? Like the norm back then was like you got married in your very early 20s, right? Some even earlier than that. And you started having children and then look what happens today. We've got like one of the highest divorce rates ever. You know, it's like 52% or 55%. Well, let's stop, pause there for a second. But why is that? Why Why, Why are the divorce rates so high now? Probably because there's a percentage of people that... I'm not going to say I I know this exact answer, but one of the assumptions is because people aren't, were getting married at young ages and weren't mature enough. Agreed. And even in the generation before that, they would get married and it was like so taboo to get divorced that they would stay in terrible marriages with each other just to like Mm -hmm. be loyal to each other or not be shamed in society. Nowadays, people are understanding like, I don't need to be with this person so I can leave them and it's more socially acceptable. And... You know, it like the way that our dating and especially with technology, how it's changing, I wouldn't be surprised if even the marriage rates continue to go lower and lower We're and lower. We're going to get there. I, I agree with you on the fact that I think that when people were getting married in their 20s, they were kids themselves. I did not even know. Dude, I still learn about who I am every day. Okay, something new happens or appears to me all the time, but I absolutely was never, ever, ever ready to get married before I was 30. I completely and wholeheartedly look back and never wanted to either. I was always the person who said, I was. I'm done. I don't want to get married. I don't mm-hmm. care to. It's not on my radar. And when I did, I was 30 or 31, something like that. And I agree. I was, I was not emotionally mature enough about myself or another person, even though I had plenty of relationships, 
to be able to make such a large commitment and have to go through the things that you do go through in a marriage, you know, that just Mm -hmm. wasn't, that wasn't the cards. And I look back and I just think about the people who did this in their twenties or their mid twenties. And a lot of those people who got married in their mid twenties went through a very rough patch in the beginning of their marriage, mainly because one person was growing and the other person wasn't right. And there was conflict because of that. It's like, you changed. You're not the same person I married. Well, of course not. Mm-hmm. And as you get older, though, you start to realize that we all change. And the marriage that lasts or the love that's real is the person who kind of the two people who morph with each other and just go along. You know, and you don't try to change that person. I'm not going to like the same stuff that I like now. I heard a quote one time, and I think it really accurately describes people that are in partnership together and are married. And it's in the guy was talking about his wife and he goes, I've been married to probably five different people over the course of like our 30 or 40 Welcome year to marriage, be married to a right? Gemini. And he goes, and sometimes it's challenging, but it's also incredibly rewarding to be able to love these five different people. And what he was referring to is that his partner evolved significantly like five different times over the course of their marriage. And I think that's something that if you're not changing, like if you were, have been married for 10 years and you are still, you still feel like you're married to the exact same person that you married initially, that that's like stagnation to me, right? Like that's like, if you aren't seeing positive changes and evolution in your partner, regardless what that looks like, that's complacency and it should be discussed, right? Um, I mean... I've changed significantly, I know, since I, since we first got married um, in a lot of different ways. Oh, yeah. And so have you. And it's, yeah. a, it's all good things. It's all been like very positive changes. Yeah. But the problem lies when people are with somebody and they're growing and they're evolving into better human beings, but their partner is not. Sure. They're still stuck in this lower vibration and they're still repeating the same mistakes. They're still fighting over the same things. And then they're saying sorry and they're still doing the same thing again. It's like there's no changed behavior whatsoever. And in those scenarios, I, I don't think you should stay. I just, I don't think that, I think that those are the people that bring you down. And I think that that, I think that, that costs you a very golden future. I think that's you kicking yourself in the foot. You could have such a bright future. You could have such a great life with somebody else. You can have such a great career in the place of that person. There's so much more that can happen for you, but this person is holding you back from your potential potential, mm-hmm. because you're blocking all your blessings by coming up with excuses as to why you have to stay with that person. I'm also seeing kind of an interesting, and maybe this has always happened and I just haven't been aware of it, but kind of a somewhat of a trend in certain segments of people that end up if they're together with somebody or not but they choose not to be with somebody and they're very happy with it just being like single for like indefinitely right i know somebody and i've seen some you know like uh, i saw actually saw jim carrey one time in an interview and he goes he goes uh relationships are for amateurs being single is when you're really advanced because you could be comfortable being isolated and alone at all times and whether that's true or not i don't know but i'm just saying i think it's everybody's got a different opinion on it i don't I used to think that I think that everybody needs to go through a period of being alone and be very comfortable with it before you settle down in life. If you're that serial dater or that serial relationship kind of guy who just doesn't know how to be alone, then God help you down the road. I don't know what to tell you, but because life will at one point put you in a spot where you're going to have to be alone and it's going to teach you that Mm -hmm. if that's why you're with somebody just for that personal 
having like a cuddle buddy, you're going to learn your lesson the hard way. However, people who are just always forever bachelors and just sleep with women and jump, 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 jump from person to person. I don't necessarily agree with Jim Carrey there. I think that they have their own inner demons and they don't know how to get past a certain point mentally or emotionally with another human being. There's like a block there. I think it takes a lot of emotional growth and self-awareness and inner work to be with somebody in a serious relationship and go through them through the ups and downs that you have in a relationship emotionally and still end up loving that person and still come out on top years later. Sure. So, but I, when I was referring to that, I didn't necessarily mean somebody jumping from partner to partner, but I understand what your point of view. I think there's also people that have made peace that they never want to have a partner, which is fine and have become completely happy with that. Right. Who are we to judge at the end of the day? Right. Yeah. And I'm not saying if there's five guys who are, you know, just sleeping with women and forever bachelors, Maybe two of those people have emotional issues and don't know how to commit. Mm-hmm. But the other three might very well just be self-realized and just be like, I just don't care to have a partner with me all the time. I like my space. Mm-hmm. I like to be alone half the time. I only want somebody when I want somebody. Great. That doesn't make it right or wrong. But what I'm trying to say is there can be no blanket statement either sure. either way is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Um, but that trend is becoming very obvious to me too. I know several men like that that I can think of off the top of my head. And it's okay. Even girls who don't want to get married, they're all in their careers, they're in their 40s, they don't care. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, nah, whatever, you know, it is what it is. But I think that's also mainly the millennial stage of people or the ones right before us. I don't even know what they're called. They are the group of people who put their careers first really went to school and did all the things the right way and just invested a lot of time into that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. I feel. And career, or I'm sorry, personal relationships kind of just fell to the wayside. Another thing I'm, I'm noticing a trend is people dating but not getting married or people getting married and not having kids. Like there's kind of this free-for-all all of a sudden, which I'm actually in favor of. Yeah, I mean, I think something's interesting is there is more people i think that are like you mentioned they're marrying and not having kids yeah or they're limiting the amount of kids they have yeah and what sometimes i wonder about this because i think that this is from a conspiracy theory perspective except i think it's a fact i don't think it's a theory at all i think there's been intentional societal things that have happened for a long period of time that is that work to try to um, control the, the global population right like through different types of things that occur that either kill people off or that control the amount like in china you can only have so many kids right like there's certain uh, systems that are put in place to control the amount of how big the population gets and i think that's from a control a macro control perspective and it's interesting if you think about it Nowadays, people are so much more focused on their career for so much longer, but it happened over a period of 20 to 30 years to get there. Is there something happening behind the scenes that we're not really paying attention to that's contributing this bigger focus on work so that people, women are later in their life, they don't feel comfortable having kids because their biological clock has already hit a certain point, and so thereby they actually have this interesting population control mechanic that's happening. I get what you're saying. However, I think that the control part of it happens in waves. So when we were younger, 
I don't know about you, but we grew up around like Irish Catholic families who had like 10 plus kids Mm -hmm. and they all sent their kids to private schools because after the third kid, it's free or something like that. And they all went to the same high school, went to the same college and now all still live in the same city. So big families was the norm when I was growing up. My mom comes from a very large family. My dad is one of three, but both families are still very large in and of themselves. And I think over time in the next generation that changed to like the average was two to four kids. Now in the next generation, which is us, it's more like eh, two kids or no kids at all. Right. And large. Another factor to take into account there is that what economy, our globalization, our education system, but also like from from a cost perspective, correct. You know, like now what used to be able to provide for four kids now can provide like 1.8 women back then didn't go to college or did go to college and then got married immediately after, you know, now it's like women are going to college, going to school and then out in the working world or before us now in our generation, it's like women have to go to work because one person in the house doesn't make enough money for both people to sustain a family. So I think it's just changing with time and who's pulling those strings on the back end. That's a whole different podcast episode. But I agree with you that it's evolving and changing as it goes. But now after our generation, I feel like it's just a free for all. Whether you want them or don't want them or want them later in life or want them through a tube or want them through some sort of surrogate. I don't even know what what's going on these days. It doesn't matter. Like there's such a large freedom of choice wave going that... I certainly don't sit around here and judge what people are choosing to do or not do. But the people I do judge are the ones who are judging other people for doing what they want to do. Like the ones who are trying to control. They're like, why don't you want kids? Why do you want to do this? Why do you want to do that? It's like buzz off. Um, But I think that's changing. And I do in some creepy ways see this like linear thing of like it was – the dating world got weird and then like people, millennials aren't really getting married or getting married later in life or they're having kids or not having kids, having kids later. Oh, change my mind. Don't want any kids. And now it's like kids don't even have boyfriends and girlfriends because they're like, you know, friends, quote unquote friends. That's all I'm going to say. And they have like several partners and they're like in high school and they're only texting each other and hanging out like once a week, catch my drift. And then like, then it goes to, not dating, no serious relationships, to no marriages, to just hanging out, to like no family structure whatsoever. And that, in I my feel opinion, as that's is where by, it's headed. I think that is by design over a very long period of, from, from plans that were created. Like, are we going to start dating robots next? Like, uh, is my like? There, no, you're you're absolutely right. So uh, here's an interesting point. Um, right now there is all the stuff with like masks going on right think about the children that are in school this is just for anybody right I like i don't know where this is going no no no, no because <laughs> because you just said a, i said an interesting statement that i've been thinking about a lot lately so you said are we going to be dating robots in the future right think about this right now due to all the covid stuff that's happening everybody is, has to wear these masks in public well, we don't have to we're being told to right and in stores are saying you can't enter so everyone's walking around with these masks on where you can literally only see their eyes up. You can't see any facial expressions, right? Very robotic. Very robotic because all you can see is people's eyes. Think about the psychological impact this already has had on people. You could, I could literally not be paying attention and walk right by you, you, my own wife on the street, 
with your mask on. It may not even recognize that it's you, okay? Uh, you'll recognize it's me, and I'll recognize it's you, and I'll damn well make sure that you recognize my face <laughs> but, but, with the mask but, but just listen to this. So now we've got children at the youngest ages when they're most susceptible to impression and a change in their perception based on what they see only seeing masks. School's starting to require these masks. It's creating a very robotic psychological thing because these robots don't have emotions, right? And so think about the long-term effects of what's going to happen. And now we're reaching a point where they're going to start ingraining technology into people. It's going to be like a transhumanism type movement. And as that occurs, you literally will be a mixture of biological and electronic entities because you'll be mixed and you'll be connected to the internet. This is not something that's that far off. This is not a sci-fi thing. This will happen literally in the next couple of years. Like I work in this space. I see how quick technology is moving. We will have integratable circuits that will go inside our bodies and people will start integrating them in the next couple of years. And when that happens and you start to understand how much marketing and how much technology and information that's being fed to people through the internet changes your perception fundamentally, it can create a society of much more robotic people. And if you look at what's happened over the last like 50 to 70 years, slowly, decade by decade, we're getting closer and closer to a transhumanism society. You know, like that is not that it's a couple years away before the beginnings of that start happening. And if you really think about it, the way you carry around your cell phone today, it's literally attached to everybody's hand at all times. Like we already are a bionic organism because we control the internet and we have access to information at our fingertips at all times it's not that far off before there's a leap from that cell phone into your body and then all of a sudden what you just said plays out in the real world a couple years away you remember that show humans yeah hello lara i do not understand <laughs> uh i don't know was it on amazon prime or hulu or something yeah. that show somewhat depicts what brian and i are trying to say here is that I feel as though technology and texting and TikToking and DMing people, especially the kids who grew up in this in this age, it has cut them off so much from human connection. Slowly, 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 and it slowly, dumbs you down too. That they don't know how to have a conversation of, "Will you be my girlfriend? Will you be my boyfriend?" They don't know how to commit to one person because they can DM 10, 10 people and no one's going to find out. You know, from different states or different countries or whatever. So now. From my perspective, I just see this like at first I was all for it and I and I am in a sense of like you do what you want to do. You not everybody has to get married, not everybody has to have kids, not everybody has to have a partner. You can do whatever you want to do. But where I see this headed is like that family structure is being destroyed and you have humans now depending on robots for human fulfillment and like desires being fulfilled or Mm -hmm. emotional needs being fulfilled at like the snap of a finger. And in addition to that, like if you think about the movement of people with their sexuality from like um, heterosexual and homosexual and transsexual, there's a huge amount of confusion from sexuality perspective that's being ingrained within society from a young age. And if you think about it, like if, if there's enough confusion about sexuality, I'm taking a, a segment of this, this is a, a much bigger topic, right? But if there's confusion about sexuality, then it creates a point where people don't have children, right? Like it, it could literally create a thing where there are people that are, you know, that are so confused about 
different aspects of sexuality. And I, I've, I've read some interesting books on this point. And, and it, I'm not saying anything about, like, I don't care what anybody does with their sexuality. I have no judgment there. But what's interesting is that there's a lot of theories around the concept of the trans movement to actually create a confusing mechanism for sexuality so that long term it's easier to integrate this technology society. I understand what you're saying. Like we're absolute supporters of whatever orientation oh, yeah, you choose to 100%. be. Oh yeah, right? 100%. That's not the issue here. Yeah, 100%. But what the problem, just in the last few years, I was just recently at a doctor's office and the questions they ask you, like, how would you like to be, um, what pronouns do you use? Literally, last week, this is what I filled out. And then it was, um, what orientation do you go by? And there was words on there that I don't even know what they mean, mm-hmm. you know? And I was giggling to myself. I'm like, this is like, because we're becoming a very inclusive society and we're being, you know, emotionally available and we're allowing people to like, you can be gay, you can be lesbian, you can be this, you could be that, all these things that it's okay like Mm -hmm. that's because years and years ago this stuff was not accepted you had to hide or people you know people were killing themselves because of it or hiding it from their parents all these you know terrible terrible things but now in trying to become an integrated society and a more loving and accepting society of all kinds of people and all kinds of things no judgment whatsoever i feel as though the technocrats take advantage of shit like this and then are going to use this as a way to kind of like throw their robots in. You know what I'm saying? Because I bet you the robot will have whatever sex you want it to have. It's it, not, it's it, not it going won't, to. No, it won't have a sex at all. That's the thing. No, and that's but the, as that's a That's the human, long-term agenda in my correct, opinion. Correct. But as a human, you're going to identify with something. So you're going to have a choice. You will have a preference. And that thing could be whatever you want it to be. That's what I, I'm saying. I understand your like, point. Like, what if you're bi? But I think that they're... I understand so one day it could point. be a female, and the next day it could be a male. I think that's the way it's heading, is that there's no boundaries. There's no lines. There's nothing defining you or I. Mm-hmm. There's nothing closing or stopping you or I. There's no marriage. There's yeah. no... And I'm going to reiterate something that you said, because as I was talking, I want to make sure it's clear that there's zero connotation or judgment we're completely open to everything but at the same time this the way that i'm framing this this uh, part of the conversation is around technology not not about not about anybody's orientation i'm saying that technocrats are going to be taking advantage of the fact that we're trying to become an inclusive society sure that's what i'm trying to say and it's it's that with everything we tried to allow women to go out and get an education and go into the working world so that they could be financially independent and didn't have to stay home sure what happened the economy and the government and politicians took advantage of that and made it so that now both men and women have to be working to make the money mm-hmm. to provide. What is that? What has that done? It's broken down families. Yeah, there will be no family structure. Kids have to be, you know, raised by a babysitter. But you know what's interesting about this is it's not the first time this has happened. No. Like if you really look throughout history, history always repeats itself. That's that's been proven time and time again, and it always reaches a point where the familial structure disintegrates intentionally over a period of time and then there's some type of cleansing revolution whatever you want to call it and it resets things and we're getting pretty far down that line right we're getting very far down the line of the 
long-term plans that are set in place to really disintegrate some of these familial and societal structures to reach a dystopian level of control over people, which is happening at an astounding rate right now before our eyes. And over the next six to 12 months, if something doesn't happen, there will be a level of control over people beyond anything that we've seen in a very, very long time. And people are acquiescing very quickly to that. Yeah. Back to our point of just marriage and all that stuff. I don't think that the stuff that we're discussing today is going to matter soon. Boyfriends and girlfriends and cheating and this and that. I think all of this is going to be just fair game. You know, the future of relationships or bonds or families is just not going to be existent. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't live in that world yet or that time yet. But I certainly don't agree with what kids are doing currently where you're talking to an 18-year-old girl and she's like, well, I'm talking to four guys. I, I don't really know where we stand. Mm-hmm. That's not... That person is, does not, is not learning emotional maturity. That person is not learning emotional security. That person is not learning how to deal with emotions mm-hmm. or other humans or interaction. Same goes for the guy, you know? It's not working to our potential. It's making us dumber. It's almost pushing us into an easier way, but a worse way for us. And that is what I don't agree with. So interesting where this episode took a turn. But it's funny because we started off with all these like typical issues. Like, I like this guy. I want to get married. And he doesn't. And this and that. It's like, these are not going to be the same topics 10 years from now or 20 years from now. Mm -hmm. People are going to laugh at us probably and be like, what are they talking about? Because that's not going to be the norm. Even kids who... Like, ew, I don't want a girlfriend. I don't want a boyfriend or I don't want this. And it's like, you have to learn to commit to something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be that person. But I think a commitment teaches you something about yourself and you grow and evolve. But maybe we're going to be the people who are old school. Well, you never know. But I also <laughs> think if uh, this is a more generalist statement, but if you don't have a foundation of something to commit to, you're much easier to be swayed yeah. or persuaded or controlled. And, and that's so the, it that's makes perfect agenda, sense right? when, you, when you look at the long term, if you use history as a, as a marker of what could potentially happen, when you reach that point and people are easily swayed, they're easily controlled. And I see a lot of that happening right now very quickly. Um, so if we do continue on that path, then I would not be surprised if that's something that plays out. I was speaking to a girl um, through Instagram. She is like 38 maybe or 39, something like that. Really intelligent girl. Very, very pretty girl. And, you know, I was asking her like how everything's going. And she was telling me how, you know, she still hasn't met anyone. And is not really in a hurry anymore to get married or do anything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I was like, gosh, I was like, I can't even imagine the dating pool right now (laughs) like how how it is especially with COVID I know it's just like all online and like Bumble and Tinder and stuff it's like what do you do meet each other with masks on Mm -hmm. I don't even know what you do um but for the online dating game yeah we're actually looking at I'm speaking I spoke with a company last week and we're talking to him again in a couple days that is having really fast growth during COVID and it's a um, video first dating application. So think of like a, a Bumble, for example, but instead of sending messages back and forth, it like forces the people after so many communications to push them to a FaceTime type call to develop that like face-to-face 
um, connection and to prevent frauds, like fraudulent mm-hmm. accounts, right? Yeah. Um, because what they learned is they're like, people are starving for some type of one-to-one engagement and interaction because there's everything shut down right now. Yeah, right? I could see that. So she was telling me how unless it's somebody her age or older than her, which let's be honest, most of them are either cheating on their wives or they're divorced themselves, right? It's very, the person that I was talking to, she's like 38 or 39 and I was asking about the dating world right now for her. And she's like, if it's not somebody my age or older than me, and there's only two categories of that, they're divorced or they're cheating on their wives half the time. It's rare to meet a guy in his 30s or 40s or 50s who hasn't, been married it's very rare and she's like so that's like one hoop that you have to jump through at my age and it's then, probably the same on the other end of the spectrum for guys too though the woman i'll, either I'll been get divorced there or cheating on her husband I'll, no 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 it's actually different i'll get there and she's like but she's like if i go for anybody younger i don't speak their lingo she's like i thought it was like three dates and or it was a date the guy took you out and then it was what, you wait two days before you text the girl or call the girl, and that means like I'm interested in you and you go on a second date. And if you're interested, you go with them too, right? And it's like a serious thing. That's a dated protocol. She, <laughs> is that like that anymore? And I'm like, what do you mean is that like that anymore? Because <laughs> that's what I would do. And she's like, no. She's like, it's not like that. She goes, sometimes they won't even text you or call you. And I'm telling you when she's pretty, she's very pretty. And he's like, sometimes they won't even like call you or like ever want to see you again. It's just all through texting. And I'm like, so what, it's like a virtual relationship? She goes, pretty much. Like, they don't get past a certain point. There's the technology And so she's like, it's very hard. She's like, where some guys, it takes like five months of just texting back and forth for them to finally be like, hey, like, let me take you out on a date. Like, she's like, it's not normal by any chance. And it's requiring a lot of patience. Something else she said is that some people will just do the whole like, yeah, let's go out, let's hang out, let's go out, let's hang out. Yeah, you could meet the family. Yeah, you could meet the friends. And like you think you think that you're dating now. And then you come to find out that this person is doing this with like four other people. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a revolving door. Yeah. But like when I was dating people, when you were dating people, you didn't bring that person home <laughs> unless you were serious. You weren't bringing home 10 people. <laughs> like, uh-huh. That wasn't happening. So I think that's part of what these dating apps do too. So it's, it's like, so, okay. It's so easy to engage with like... 10 so people, people at one time, right? That's what I'm saying. And so, and it doesn't even have to be in your own state or in your own city. So you get caught. It could be like all over the place. So she's like, I just don't speak the lingo and I don't know how to deal with it. She's like, so I'm just like slowly giving up on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, I was like, that just sucks. Now reverse this for a guy's scenario, guys who are our age or older than us. Their biggest complaint is that they are meeting girls, very attractive, in their age range or younger, but they're single moms. Mm. And I didn't know that. I didn't realize that the rate of single moms has significantly gone up. Where, where is this data from? This is from talking to Me people. Me talking to people. And so when he told me that, I was like, no, I was like, come on. He's like, I am kid you not, like. Almost every person that's attractive that I try to go out and I find out that she's not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just going to show you me from my perspective. I feel as as though people are not having kids, but there's a ton of single Google it. Single moms like the rate of single moms is climbing high and high and high and high every year. And I don't know where that fits in. I don't understand where that's happening from. 
um, no judgment at all whatsoever. But that's what the guy's dilemma is, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't know why most of society, I think when guys are really looking for true love, they don't care. But I think like young douchebags, you know, are turned off by that and are like, well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to chase that person. But an older, much more mature guy looking for a solid relationship and someone to get married to is going to not be scared from that, from a person. And it just goes to show you that society is still a little bit backwards in some capacity. We've always been a little backwards. It is. We it's, always it's will be. We're continuing to get more backwards. Yeah. That's kind of the issue. All right, guys. That's my little rant about the whole dating world and what <laughs> girls and guys should be doing or not doing. Or I don't even know what you should be doing. <laughs> um, but then one girl, I'll answer this one last question. A girl that actually lives here in St. Louis had said, she's like, I want uh, a boyfriend or, or, or a husband like Brian. Like, how'd you, how'd you do that? How'd you find him? And there is, oh, I didn't even forget to pull it up. There's like three steps that I've actually said before on this podcast. So DM me if you want them. But honestly, it just requires you to ask for what you want and not play along with what society's doing. Don't play along with the people on TikTok. Don't play along with your DMs. Don't give in to the energy. If that's not the type of person you are and you still want a traditional relationship and a traditional marriage and you still have a dream for that and a bond for that, then stick to what you want. Yeah, I think a big challenge for a lot of people, and I notice it with people too, is that they they say they want one thing, but their behavior is putting them in, in environments to attract what they don't want. Yeah, and so I would just say, like, <laughs> then stick to your like. If you routine. don't, if you don't want to have you know engage with somebody that's potentially talking with three or four other people and rotating around, then quit using. Try quit using dating apps and just let the universe provide somebody in your normal daily life that you'll bump into. You I know, know it, COVID it, is a little bit hard. It <laughs> happens, though. I'm but telling happens, you, yeah. it will happen. Yeah, it does. And go watch the movie The Secret, Dare to Dream. It's on Amazon. I think it's on Apple TV, too. That's a good one for anybody, any age, looking for the one or the right person. That movie shows how you don't need to do things the way that people are doing them right now. If that... Mm-hmm. If that's not getting you where you want to be and that's not giving you the person that you're looking for, then go back to the old school way. And it'll work. It's worked before for people. I'm sure it'll work again. You don't have to do what your friends are doing. You don't have to do what everybody's doing right now. And after a while, I actually asked my girlfriend this. I'm like, aren't the same people on the same dating apps? And she goes, it's not rare to like find the same person on mm-hmm. like three different dating apps <laughs> okay yeah. i don't understand the logic behind that but okay i get it but yeah i have two books for people who are going through relationship issues one the game of life and how to play it freaking awesome book i read it like five awesome time. book i read it like five times there's an audio version there's a youtube version there's a pdf free version you don't even have to buy it anymore it's like such an old book awesome awesome book the second one is why men love bitches and i forget the author um, but these two books, I think, will help you and put you in the right direction and a little bit of your own soul searching and following your own heart. Don't follow what people are doing. Don't do not do what everyone else is doing or else you're just going to end up like them. That's right. Just do what you want to do. 
And if in a couple years you're getting chased down the street by an asexual robot, <laughs> make sure you've got it. Warn you. And Brian's prophecy comes true. <laughs> don't forget to carry an electromagnetic pulse weapon on you to take no, out its it's going to. Board. I know it's going to. It's the show Humans. It's the creepiest show, but it's like about this girl named Lara. Well, it's a robot named Lara. And it's so funny because she speaks in this foreign accent. Nina and I always joke around because it's like, Lara, I don't understand I'm the sorry, question. I'm sorry. I do not understand. I'm sorry. I do not understand is what she does the whole show but it's very it's almost like foretelling yeah of usually like what's to come i i feel like i th- thought this from a very young age but i remember seeing science fiction movies right and being like that's gonna happen pretty quick i bet and then all of a sudden the sci-fi movies you saw five years ago has technology that we're using today the sci-fi movies we see today will happen in the next couple years like it's just interesting how these shows and these movies are actually predicting what's happening pretty quickly. Agreed. Guys, so. that's all I have for you today. That was a very like flyby random episode. Yeah, we had some interesting stuff we chatted about. But, but we, we love hope robots. everybody has a great, great week. <laughs> we love robots. We love all human beings. And just understand that at the end of the day, you are... I heard this quote today and I thought it was awesome. Um, everybody, regardless of your you know, color, creed, sexual orientation, are a point of consciousness that is all that ever has been all that is and all that ever you will be. are a unique point of consciousness yeah. in the universe having a very brief experience as a as human, a human. Yeah. but the, the part that i thought was cool about the quote is they said you are in terms of the consciousness you are all that ever has been all that is and all that ever will be and while you're having this uh, very brief point of attention expressing yourself as a human you were like decoding information as a human right now and thinking about that i think is just so fascinating because it puts so much in perspective to like that we have this huge conscious collective that exists beyond what we can see with our eyes and we're tapped into this and that is what we are beneath the earth suit that we're wearing every day oh my gosh <laughs> bye guys thank you see you next time